In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today we're going to cover chapter 13. Uh, last time we saw, if we remember in chapter 12, we talked about the dragon and we said that this is the devil and the Bible describes his fall from heaven uh, into earth. And this time, the chapter 13 introduces two new uh, beasts the beast of the sea and the beast of the earth and they describe uh, basically the antichrist and the false prophet as the bible you know teaches and the interesting thing is today today's reading if you guys paid attention in, in the liturgy the pollen epistle and the catholic epistle both talked about the Antichrist and the Second Coming, which was, it's which is a very you know interesting coincidence. But of course, God doesn't do anything by coincidence, so it happened to line up this way. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover chapter 13 and then go back and read these two uh, letters and see how they relate and what did you know. So we get a complete picture about the, the events of the time. Can uh, somebody read to us at least the first beast, the beast of the sea? And I stood in the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. And seven heads and ten hands, and on its head, and on its head was the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and its feet like those of a bear, and its mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him its power, and its seat and great authority. And I saw one of its heads as having been slain to death, and its deadly wound was healed. And all the earth marveled after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with it? And the mouth speaking great things was given to it, and blasphemies. And authority was given to it to continue 42 months. And it opened its mouth and blasphemed toward God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and those dwelling in heaven. And it was given to it, and it was given to it to war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given to it over every tribe and tongue and nation. And all dwelling on the earth will worship it. Those whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity will go into captivity. If anyone will kill with the sword, he must be killed by a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I saw another beast. That's, that's it, thanks. All right. So, a description of a little bit horrible creature. And it sounds a little bit uh, similar to the previous chapter 12. And we'll try to remind ourselves what is chapter 12 beast looks like. Uh, but there is difference. The, the one in chapter 12 was called the dragon and the great serpent and uh, it had basically seven uh, crowns versus here we have ten crowns Let, let's go in more into depth with this beast of the sea and I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast coming up out of the sea remember so far in our study we have said that the bee, the sea represents what no the sea the sea represents what 
in one instance was baptism that was in the sea of glass in front of the throne but in general in the last few chapters the sea we used it as a representation for the word because it's turbulent it's salty there's no fulfillment there's no nourishment from the sea and uh, it brings destruction and hurricanes and all kind of you know bad stuff so we said the word is the same way you cannot really if you live in the word and try to establish your life on the word it's going to never going to satisfy you you're always going to be up and down with the waves of the word and it will always bring you know storms disasters what you know whatever so the sea was representation of the word so now this beast is coming up out of the sea one of the things that's going to happen if we study the prophecies throughout the whole Bible, especially the prophecies of the Old Testament and all the other prophecies and what St. Paul talked about in the New Testament and so on, and as we're going to see later on, is that people in the, old, in the, end, at the end days, they no longer want Christ. Their desire is into the devil and the evil things. And guess what? God is going to give them their heart desire. If we desire God, He's going to give us our desire, which is Him. If we desire the devil, God is not going to prevent us from achieving our goals and our fulfilling our desires. He's going to let us do it. So at the end days, people more and more people will be inclined toward the devil and toward evil things, and they're fulfilling the lust, so they'll end up getting the final reward they get, they would get, which is the devil himself. So what does this beast look like? Having seven heads, ten horns, and on its horns were ten crowns. Right? So seven heads, the head represents wisdom. We use our heads to think, hopefully we will do that. So seven heads, you know, full wisdom. Ten horns, again ten is a complete number. It, you know, and we said the horn represents the strength, so it's full of strength. And ten crowns, crown is for a king, just complete authority over people. That's the generic interpretation. Some people like to take that in a more factual way of interpreting the Bible, and they say that uh, specifically the ten crowns represent ten kings who are going to support the Antichrist at the end. And the ten horns are the ten armies of those ten kings or ten rulers that will support the Antichrist. Next verse. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard and its feet like those of a bear and its mouth like the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him its power and its seed and great authority. A leopard, we all know the leopard, it can be either black or spotted. So, and the black is quick. It's very, you know, uh, fast and maneuvers, you know, very quickly. So, it can be the either the, you know, represents the how fast it is going to be spreading and how fast it's going to be against the church, quick against the church. The bear is ferocious and uh, it, uh, you know, Basically, is hungry and thirsty for for blood, so 
that's going to be the sign of the Antichrist is going to be thirsty for blood and very strong against the church and the teeth of a lion again that's the is going to be trying to devour the church and the believers and the dragon gave him its power so here you see there is a difference between the dragon of chapter 12 and this beast of chapter 13 the dragon of chapter 12 had only seven crowns not ten crowns and what is the significance of that again you go back and study the history of the you know God's people from when a nation was established until uh, today you can count the number of you know countries that sort of persecuted uh, God's people uh, you can start by the Egyptians Assyrians Babylon Persia Greece the Roman Empire and the Arabs or if you want to skip the Egyptians you know you count seven and then six and then the seventh is the kingdom of the Antichrist so these are basically the seven kingdoms throughout history that persecuted the church right? and these are the seven kings that the dragon of the first of the chapter 12 was uh, wearing or the seven crowns that the dragon of the chapter 12 was wearing versus the ten kings supposedly that may support the antichrist at the end of the world okay. so, so, so this is the same dragon that was in no Different, that's why I said, for example, here in verse 2, and the dragon gave him its power and its seat and great authority. The Antichrist is going to be a, re, a human being, but the devil is going to put all of its power, all of his strength into that human being. The devil is going to give it its authority, and the devil has authority over the world. The king of this world is the devil. You know, we discussed that multiple times before. So the devil is going to give him authority over the whole world to rule the whole world by you know by his power and his you know his strength. The one thing we did not mention in verse one, which is, and on its heads was the name of blasphemy. So this dragon or this beast, basically, its main job would be to blaspheme against God and against Christ in particular. We're going to see more of that a little bit down. Verse 3 And I saw one, its, one of its heads having been slain to death, and its deadly wound was healed, and all the earth marveled after the beast. And this can be multiple interpretations. This can be that, you know, if we said that one of the heads is one of the, you know, the kings that supporting it, then there can be like, you know, one of the kingdoms fell down and then, you know, he helped bring it back up to power and strength. And maybe that's how he ruled over them. And people are going to marvel to that. Or, as we're going to see later on in some of the other verses, that he may pretend to have been dead, killed, and is alive again to, you know, to get similarities to Christ. <coughs> So this might be a good time here to insert this particular one. Some people expect this Antichrist when he, when he comes, he's going to declare himself to be Christ in the second coming. And if we notice, there's 
two types of people are waiting for the second coming of Christ or the first coming depending on who you are the Jews they're waiting for an earthly kingdom so they're waiting for Christ to come and rule on them and unfortunately the Christians who are waiting for the millennium reign and they believe in the millennium reign are also waiting for a Christ that will come and establish a kingdom on earth will this antichrist have the same wounds as the Lord Jesus will he pretend to carry the same wounds as Christ we don't know maybe but again this verse here leaves it open that you know he might carry the same wounds and may try to look like the Lord himself you said the same wounds as Christ you mean the, the nails and the probably probably and I saw on its head has having been slain to death and its deadly wound was healed again if you go back to chapters 4 and 5 uh, and uh, when St. John was still seeing you know beginning to see this prophecy and one of the priests told him look here's the lion coming out of the tribe of Judah and he turned around and he looked and he saw a lamb that was slain right and we're going to see later on in here in the description down a little bit the slain lamb right in verse 8 and all dwelling on the earth will worship it those whose name have not been written on the book of the life of the lamb slain so the resemblance between the slain lamb which is the Lord Jesus and his wound and we all know that the only one who's going to carry the his signs of martyrdom or signs of you know persecution or torture is only the Lord Jesus Christ at the end you know forever so maybe he'll carry the same signs again that we don't know but maybe yes maybe not and all the earth marvel after the beast again the fathers expect that this person is going to be doing a lot of miracles a lot of you know fancy stuff and everybody's going to be amazed of what he does okay. uh, just movies of Harry Potter and stuff like that is making everyone amazed and wondering what's going on and you know so thrilled by that imagine if somebody comes to reality and actually performs these miraculous things and makes things disappear and appear and claim to have a power through the authority of the, the devil and they worship the dragon they worship the dragon not the beast, they worship the dragon which is the devil himself and gave authority to the beast which is the antichrist and they worship the beast as well but the main thing is they worship the devil and this is the scary part about this whole big heresy of the millennium reign and the waiting and you know for Christ to come here on earth and worship that Christ is they're going to be swayed to worship the dragon that's why St. Augustine for example uh, the, the church teaching us <coughs> at the beginning St. Augustine believed in this millennium ring and then later on after he studied it 
he excommunicated anybody who would believe in, you know, or think about the millennium reign. Because when he found, you know, it's so devastating and so bad, he excommunicated anybody who believed in it. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with it? Who is like the beast? You take this verse, who is like the beast, and you jump back to chapter 12, and remember Archangel Michael, and we said, what is the meaning of the name of Ar- Michael? Who is like God. And that reminds us with the main objective of the devil since day one, since he fell, is he wanted to be like God, and he had so much ego in himself that who is like, who is like the beast, who is like the devil? who is like Lucifer and that's why this angel came and said no who is like God and that's what he was named Mikael who is like God now in my own life we always say who is like me I always do things you know the best way it's possible you know who is like me if these guys you know people at work I'm the best one at work I'm the best one at home I'm the best one at you know everywhere who is like me am I doing that or am I saying who is like God am I giving glory to God in my life so these are two different who is like me or who is like God I can choose each, either, either one of them and make that sort of the, uh, the model of my life and follow that one and those who said who is like God in their lives God lifted them up like Archangel Michael and all the saints that humbled themselves and gave themselves up and the church surrounded us with their picture. So that's an important one. Now here is another lie and the deceit by the devil. Who is able to make war with it? In chapter 12 we see that Michael and his angels warred against the devil and there was no place for the devil in heaven anymore because the devil fell down. Right? Now the devil is still trying to deceive us still trying to make us think that no way we'll be able to oppose him no way we'll be able to overcome the devil's authority in our lives when I'm, you know when we're falling into sin that's it devil has full control we can't resist him like you know the man paralyzed for 38 years 38 years long time no more hope for cure or being whole again and being able to walk devil has his you know convinced everybody that he's more powerful but let, you know go back to chapter 12 and you'll find that archangel michael has the authority to overcome him and beat him so this is yet again another lie what what did uh, christ call the devil The liar and the father of every lie. So this is one of the biggest lies he's trying to play on us. Is no one can war with the devil. But again, if you war with the devil yourself, you're going to lose. If you can let God through you war with the devil, he will win. And the mouth speaking great things was given to it and blasphemies and authority was given to it to continue 42 months. The famous 42 months, which is how many years? Three and a half. 
This is everything is going to be happening in three and a half. And he said these three and a half can be literally three and a half years, the same time that the Lord was serving here on earth before he was crucified, three and a half years, or it can be a spiritual three and a half years, just a long period of service and struggle here on earth. And was given to speaking great things, was given to it, uh, and blasphemies. And authority was given to it. Again, he does not have authority by himself. Even he rules, all, you know, tries to rule over the world, but he does not have authority by himself. God allows him this to happen because, again, people at that time want him to rule over them. So God is going to let him do that. And it opened his mouth in blasphemy toward God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and those dwelling in heaven. So this... Antichrist is going to blaspheme against God's name, right? and which is you know God Himself, His tabernacle, the church, and those dwelling in heaven. We can look at that as the saints, those who are in, you know authorities in the church, or those actually. Uh, or the angels right, to conquer them and you know to overcome them as well. <coughs> and it was given to it war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given to it over every tribe and tongue and nation. Again, overcome them. Is that overcome overcome them spiritually or overcome them physically or overcome them what? Physically. Another verse says that uh, if God does not shorten these days, no body will survive or nobody will, you know, body and not soul. The devil have authority to hurt us physically. Can can have an authority if God allows him to to hurt us physically, but he does not have the authority to hurt us spiritually. The war is going to be a spiritual war. He will persecute the church at the end times, and we see today, even you know, in parts of the the world, the devil persecutes the church physically and puts Christians into jail and. You know, tries to kill them and so on. So he will have an authority to war with the saints and overcome them physically, which means put them to death. Uh, but that was going to be given to him over everybody. Again, part of it is going to be to, as the martyrdom period happened, when people were mart- martyred for the sake of Christ at that time, other people believed. So maybe God is going to use that period to let other people repent. God is going to allow this persecution and those people, you know, people to be martyred so others see the faith, the strong faith of these people, why they're believing, why they're, you know, standing so fast against this, you know, Antichrist and then they believe and repent and know God. This is something else. This verse is very important in our argument against the millennium reign because when we they talk about the rapture, they talk about 
that the church and the saints are going to be taken up to heaven and they're not going to suffer on earth and only those left behind are going to be, you know, go through tribulation, maybe they believe. But here, if of all the saints who are taking up, what does this verse mean that was given to war with the saints and to overcome them? If they're already raptured, they've already taken up to the clouds, what they're doing here on earth and still struggling against the, the Antichrist? Verse 8, And all dwelling on the earth will worship it, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Do you guys remember that book? When did we first hear about this book, book of life? If you've been here for a while, you remember? That that could be it. There was you know a sealed book. We said that this might be it. But also in one of the churches it says that you know he who overcomes I will not will I, you know what did it say I will write his name in the book of life or what did it say this overcomes I will not wipe his name out of the book of life right? and we said this is what we receive or our name is written into the book of life one. Okay. Okay, in Revelation 3 5, it says, The one who overcomes this one will be clothed in white clothing, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And we said we, our names are written in the book of life when we are baptized okay. and receive the Holy Spirit. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. When did we hear that before? In the church. I just want to ask a question about everybody. Uh, Everybody knows that Let me ask you a simple question. Doesn't everyone today worship money? The mighty buck, the green, you know, green bag. Doesn't everybody worship that one? So it's not. No, no. I'm not trying to tell you. Tell you give me all your dollars so you can get rid of the guys in your pockets. <laughs> that can be a good trick to, you know, to do. No. Uh, yeah, you're just coming from a treat, so you know you have no money in your pockets. But no, that's not what I'm trying to say. But if you think about it, sometimes there are certain sins are sort of overwhelming and so prevalent throughout the whole world that everybody is doing it regardless of their culture or their thing. And that's getting us, when you think about it and meditate about what's happening and the situation of the world, you go anywhere in the world and everybody's trying to do the same thing. They're trying to be rich as quick as possible. And their interest is in money, whether it's in Egypt, it's in China, it's in India, it's in the you know, United States, it's in Europe, anywhere else. Money became the most powerful god people worship. So when the Antichrist is going to come and rule over them, 
What's the difference? I'm sorry? We don't know. I mean, if he declares himself to be God, and if he goes to the church and enters into the church, and actually sits in the church and let people worship him, don't you think they're going to put his name, you know, his face on everywhere? And we're going to see later on the sign of the beast and so on. Yeah. How many how many heretics around us today are claiming to be worshiping God, but in reality they're not? The devil will come even dressed as an angel of light. The devil is not going to come all black and dirty, you know, with the big two horns and red eyes and whatever. Long tail and all these pictures that we see. He's going to come in a very innocent picture and he's going to be very convincing to those who don't understand. That's why the Bible is warning, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. It's going to be so confusing. That's why God is going to send the two prophets to wake up people in order not to be confused what's going on, what's, what's reality and what's, you know, what's the truth. Somebody will have to set the record straight. And if it's going to be given to, you know, to all the people in the world to worship him, Somebody must stand to this mighty person and this powerful person that the devil put all his power into that person and God is going to send these two prophets to testify against him and to stand up against him. Do we know if the Antichrist is going to be like he's going to grow up from like childhood and go until like he's a certain age and it's going to happen to him or he's going to, the devil's going to go like he's going to give him more powers and like something's going to happen to him or is he going to be born as the Antichrist? We don't know. The expectation is that he will start, you know, his, he's going to appear when he's 30. The same thing as Christ appeared when he's 30 and start ministering when he was 30, and the Christ will start serving, you know, or start deceiving people when he's 30. We don't know. No. Yes, that's in the. When we talked about the different tribes and the way they appeared in the <coughs> chapter 6, I think, and we said the tribe of Daniel is not mentioned in heaven because most likely, if you go back to uh, Genesis, I think chapter 48 or 49, and when Jacob was blessing his children, and he said, you know, basically, Dan, there's a serpent on the road, and that's what the fathers, you know, think that the, you know, the devil is going to, antichrist is going to come from there. But at the same time, if you think about it, who knows which tribe they belong to today? Okay. The ten tribes of Israel. Okay. There were Judah and Benjamin, Benjamin, and Levi, and then the ten tribes of Israel. The ten tribes of Israel were the Samaritans, and they were destroyed, wiped out, you know, hundreds of years before Christ. And after that, 70 years after Christ, all the Jews were sort of, you know, spread throughout the world. Now, can you tell me, the, the Jew person who's living, you know, next door in East Brunswick, does he know which tribe he belongs to? I'd be amazed. The Mormons think they are the, the true Jews and the, 
That's why they keep records of everything. I think they're true Jews. So, not really. Not really. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that the devil. So if these are smart people, and by the way, the, all these people are very smart. They're not. I'm sorry. Not just the money, the smart and the, you know, very educated and you know, high degrees and so on. Not just the Mormons, the Mormons, the Muslims, you know, Jehovah's Witness, a lot of these people. But the devil can blind anybody. So when he comes and he shows himself to be a God and performs all these miracles, and we're going to see what the false prophet is going to be doing, people will follow, especially because they're going to be empty. They're not going to be any trace of God in their lives. And they're going to be empty and thirsty for anything that will feed them. And he's going to claim to have, you know, the fulfillment and the nourishment. They'll follow him. Look at all these gurus that come from India. And, you know, how many hundreds of people follow them? Rich people. Uh-huh. Christian uh, science. The Who's this actor? Tom Cruise. He's following Christian science. And it's bogus, you know. Let any child read their stuff and they're going to tell you it's a bogus stuff. And he's a smart man and he's a rich man and he's following them, supporting them 100%. Again, the more we are in the church, the more we are in the light, we can notice the darkness and we can see the darkness. If we are living in the darkness, we're not going to make a distinction between this is dark and this is too dark. What kind of darkness this is? It's all darkness. And that's why it's very important to understand the Word of God, teach people, and they have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit work in them. So when these things happen, they're not convinced. They're not affected. They're not, you know, thrown into one direction or the other. Okay. He who leads into captivity will go into captivity. If anyone kill with the sword, he must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Again, all these tribulations, all these troubles are going to happen. There are going to be saints here. The Bible is calling them saints, which again is completely against the rapture and these things they are talking about. And left behind series and all these things. <coughs> now the second beast. Can we? Can somebody read to us the second beast? Can I ask a sure. He mentioned uh, blasphemy a couple of times. Yeah. Now do we know what he will say? How is he going to blaspheme against God? I think he is God. Exactly. That's what he's saying. That's more than enough to be blasphemed. But is that? Does it may not be? He is blaspheming. He is blaspheming. Yeah. Yeah. And wait a minute. Again, we're going to go to what St. Paul is going to be saying about him in the Second Thessalonians, and we're going to see exactly what he's going to be saying. Again, you need to study the whole Bible as one unit, not just one verse and build your faith or build your dogma on one. You know, one verse. The whole thing together as one unit and see what they're saying. And 
the amazing thing is, you know, today is exactly talking about that. All right. Uh, somebody going to read to us the second beast? The third beast, actually. I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and it had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon, and it exercises all the authority of the first beast before him, and called it the earth, and those dwelling into it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And it does raise wonders, and that it makes fire come down from the heaven into the earth in the sight of men. And it deceives those dwelling on the earth because of the miracles which were given to it to do before the beast, saying to those dwelling on the earth that they should make an image to the beast who had the wound by the sword and lived. And there was given to it to give a spirit to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might both speak and might cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And it and it causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bound, free and bound, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, even that not any might buy or sell except those having the mark, having the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of its names, or the number of its name. Here is the wisdom, let him having reason count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and its number is 666. Mm. <coughs> so this is the other beast that's coming from the earth. And it had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. Because it had horns like a lamb, if you go back to some of the early fathers, some of them have said that this second, the third one we're talking about here in chapter 13 verses uh, 11 and, up and down might be the Antichrist. But again, this is not what most of the fathers said. Most of the fathers have agreed that the second beast in chapter 13 verses 1 to 10 is the Antichrist. Because that's the mark of the beast later on. 1 to 10, 1 to 10 is the Antichrist. And uh, 11 is the body that's coming later. Exactly. So, sorry, that's the beast of the sea? The beast of the sea, yes. So we have the dragon, who is the devil himself, the beast of the sea, which is the Antichrist, and the the beast of the earth is the false prophet. And because he's going to be, you know, uh, most of, the, you know, again, most of the fathers think that this particular, be, you know, beast or false prophet will be a religious leader. To exactly, to give credibility, to promote for the Antichrist, for this evil person, and to make him, you know, help everybody worship him and tell them how to worship him, organize the worship to that, you know, to that person, he's going to be most likely a religious leader. So, are you going to still remind us with the Benedictine uh, prophecy? Yeah, I'll look it up, I'll bring it in. Okay. They really say that they're hopeful. They say themselves, they believe it. Okay. <coughs> now, there are two, di- two distinct people, as we ca- you can see here. Again, from 1 to 10 is the Antichrist himself. 11 down is the false prophet. No, we don't know yet. No, that's something else. 
he's a, he's a f- true false prophet, but not not this one. Maybe all of Islam will turn towards. By by the way, they are waiting for a Mahdi. Okay, and the Shiite in particular are waiting for a Mahdi. The spirit of the Prophet, or you know Ali, or whatever, goes and descends on you know one of them, and this is like the fourteenth time it have descended on you know one of them, and they're waiting for like another one. I don't know. No, Ali. No, but, yeah, you're right. The Ali, Sunnah, you're right. Sunnah is Muhammad. Well, they're both believing Muhammad, but the but the one Shia. Of them with the, one of them side with the and they branched off. Right. Right. I like yeah. I forgot the other one. Anyway. It's, uh, Let's, let's talk about this later on. This is another heresy that we talk about later on. Uh, out of the earth. Uh, here, again, if you remember, we talked, we said that the earth, uh, the parable of the sower, and the earth is a people, you and I, so this is going to be coming out of the people. And it's going to have two horns like a lamb. So it's going to pretend to be as gentle and kind as the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the lamb is gentle and is kind and, you know, meek and so on. So that beast, though it's vicious, but it's going to have, again, the pretend of being a lamb. And he spoke like a dragon. So that shows he would be saying evil things that may look good. And it exercises all the authority of the first beast. Remember the authority of the first beast? Who gave him the authority for the first beast? The devil, the dragon himself, gave him the authority, all of its authority. So this is, you know, here in the verse 2, and the dragon gave him its power and its seat and great authority. So this prophet or this you know false prophet is going to be having all the power that the dragon gave to the first beast and causes the earth and those dwelling in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed And that's what we said, you know, in the beginning is that he may pretend to be either have died and resurrected to imitate the resurrection or that he already carries the wound of Christ so people will believe that he actually is Christ. We don't know. So 
whether he, there was a, like somebody tried to kill him, assassinate him, and he lived, or that he was already carrying the signs and the marks of the wound of Jesus, we don't know. And again, we're not going to be able to know everything in detail now. When it happens, it's going to be very clear to us that this is, is what's going on. Well, let's hope so. Right. Well, we need to know and we need to learn and we need to teach next generation so they are ready in case it doesn't happen our time, it happens in their times. Right. You never know. And it does wonders so that it makes fire come down from heaven onto the earth in the sight of men. Imagine somebody you know, saying something like, for example, when Isaiah, we talked about not Isaiah, uh, Elijah. Elisha Elijah when uh, you know the the king sent him the soldiers and the ruler you know the, the head the head of the soldiers the officer and they told him come here the king wants you know wants you to go to his palace uh, and Elijah, Elijah said if I'm the prophet of God let there be fire come from heaven and fire came from heaven and you know wipe them out. The second set of soldiers came and the same thing happened. Fire came from heaven and ate them up. So this is, you know, pers- you know, this person, this false prophet is going to be doing the same thing. Or, if you want to, you know, let your imagination grow a little bit, some people believe that the Jews are going to build a temple and they're going to offer a sacrifice. Is he going to be the one who's going to be sending fire from heaven? to eat the sacrifice as a sign of God's acceptance to the sacrifice? We don't know. <coughs> because there's a lot of theories going around us in the community today, even in our church. They're saying, here's what's going to happen. A, B, C. The Jews are going to build the temple. They're going to offer sacrifice. The sacrifice is not going to be accepted, so they're going to believe in God and so on. Well, here's something that can be interpreted in a completely different way. Which one is right? We don't know. We know that these things are going to happen and once these events take shape, we will know what's happening. So, let's not jump into conclusions and sit down and hear nice stories, you know, at dinner tables, you know, uh, we're drinking tea and so on, and Fulan says, Abuna says, and Abuna Fulan says, and read in this book and so on. We do not know. Uh, at least I do not know. If somebody else knows and can prove it. Right. Okay, that's <laughs> you already know. That's a different story. That's a good one. Right. Oops. What did I do? It's all speculation, but again, if I say it as speculation, and I say this is a speculation, that's fine. But if I say it, and then people take it as a fact, and they build their belief on this, it ends up to be like the, you know the millennium reign, right? That's not, it's not. We're supposed to be more educated about our Bible and know what the Bible is saying. Okay. Saying to those dwelling on the earth that they should make an image to the beast 
who had the wound by a sword and lived. Maybe this, again, false prophet will make, let people make an idol that resembles the Antichrist to be put in the church and has to be put in churches and people have to worship that idol. Right? Like, for example, we'll have the crosses in our churches. That's not an idol. But maybe the, you know, the false prophet who might, you know, again, we said he might be a religious leader. He may force people to do an idol and let people worship it. Maybe. And there was given to it to give a spirit to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might both speak and might cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. First, I used to think that this is TV. That's John here was describing TV. But TV does not kill those who don't watch it. Actually, it kills those who watch it, not the other way around. Okay? So, here, this this image of the statue of the beast will have power to kill those who don't you know, worship it. Would be like what Nebuchadnezzar did during the time of the Babylonian. And with that event that happened during the time of the Babylonian, God allowed that to happen so it gives us a resemblance to what's going to happen at the time of the Antichrist. We don't know. Remember the story of the three young, the three men, Hanani, Azari, and Misail, when the the king, you know, Nebuchadnezzar built this big statue, and if you don't worship it, he throws you into the fire. Could it be the same thing? Maybe. We don't know. Okay. And it causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark on their right hand and in their foreheads. What mark did we think here about in chapter 9 or 10? An opposing mark, a different mark, a seal. I'm not talking about this one, I'm talking about the good seal. The seal. The seal, if we jump back to... Before that, we saw the Christ appearing uh, and telling his angels not to do anything, not to harm anything, until his people are sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit. So over here, the beast will have something similar, but instead of the seal of the Holy, you know, the seal of the Holy Spirit, he's going to give them a mark, which is again we hear that a lot in the around us, the mark of the beast on their heads and on their hands, which is... Yes. Okay, which is... It's 7 3 uh, saying, Do not hurt the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. So, 
we have the, the, the seal of the Holy Spirit. The beast will have, the people who follow the beast will have their own seal. Now, when we have the seal of the Holy Spirit, do, as, do we actually see a stamp on our foreheads? So what does it mean? Baptism, yes, it's baptism and the Mayroon. But what is different about us when we receive, you know, we receive the Holy Spirit? We don't have a stamp on our, you know, on our bodies. But our thoughts are supposed to be according to the will of God. When the Holy Spirit controls us and works with us, we end up to be our thoughts, our minds, and you know, our feelings, our emotions, and everything are subjected to the will of God and according to His will. If I have the mark of the beast on my forehead, this means my thoughts, my will, my desire, everything is under the control of the beast or according to the will of the beast, according to the will of the devil. The mark of the beast is on my hand, all my actions, all my deeds are according to what the, you know, the devil wants and not according to God's will. And I think this is the more appropriate interpretation of these things rather than to go and say like you know some of our friends no this is the mark of the beast you know people everyone is going to have a chip in their head and on their hand and you know they have to deal with these you know chips and if you don't have the chips you don't buy and sell and so on this may literally happen and may not literally happen but the more appropriate interpretation is the spiritual interpretation that the mark of the beast is going to be, the, you know, that's on the foreheads and the, the hands is their thoughts and their actions are going to be according to the will of the devil and not according to the will of God. Versus us who have the seal of the whole of God on, our, on us, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings are according to the will of God. Even that, not any might buy or sell except those having the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of its name. And again, uh, selling, if you know, for example, if you have to cheat, if you have to, you know, steal, if you have to, for example, like in the Communist Party, you had to be in the Communist Party to get a you know, decent job in Russia. So basically you have to denounce God, you have to be atheist, and you have to be all these things to, to go anywhere. If you're a Christian, you wouldn't get any of these jobs and you will be expelled out of your job most likely would be the same if you don't agree with their thoughts if you don't agree with their ideas of life if you don't agree with their way of life you will not be able to survive financially you are not going to be able to be a rich person what counters that image this bleak image that this verse gives us those who were here last week when the dragon was trying to persecute the woman and her children, what did God do? He took the children into the wilderness and he took care of her for three and a half years. Same time, the three and a half years that the, devil, the Antichrist is going to be ruling. So despite the horrible things that we may be hearing. How are we going to live if we, you know, not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade, or whatever? How are we going to be, uh, again, you know, tolerating all this persecution, all this torture, all this uh, captivity, and so on? 
God is going to take care of his church. How? We don't know. God took care of his church in Russia for 70 years. Guess what? At the end, who disappeared and who's still around? Communist Party is gone and still the church is, the Russian you know, church is still there and it's growing. How did God do that? We don't know. Now the fun part. Here is the wisdom. Let him, having reason, count the number of the beast for its number of a, of a man, and its number is 666. So what does that mean, the famous 666? So what is, why, why does it call 66, and how can we find out the number of 66? By the way, it's not the mobile, you know, you dial 666 on your mobile, you know, so if your name starts with M-O-N or whatever, Mona, Munir, all, all these people are... <laughs> Okay. Oh no, maybe that would be it. <laughs> it's a different numbering system. Why is number six bad? Why it didn't say any other number? Just one short of perfection. One short of perfection. Very good. What else? When was man created? Six. On sixth day. That's why Christ was crucified on the sixth day at the sixth hour. Right? So the sixth day is man created. And man is the one who sinned, and man is the one who caused all these problems and all the curses to come on the world. And as you know, he said, it's imperfection. It's perfection seven. If you take away God, it becomes imperfection. So it's complete imperfection. It's the most imperfection that can be in a person. And that's why you know it's the all the devil going to give him his power, his authority. He's going to be the most evil man ever lived. He's going to be cunning. He's going to be smart. He's going to be, you know, maybe good looking. He might be, you know, all these things and smooth and outside and all these things. But he's going to be the most evil person ever lived. Now, why? How can we say that? Uh, for it's it is the number of a man, and the num its number is six hundred and sixty-six. If you go back to the old. Greek language and Coptic and all these you know things they did not have uh, special letters in the old days there was I'm sorry they did not have special numbers in the old days they only had char- characters they used the character to this you know with a bar on top to to, to be a number so every letter had a value. For example, here's an example that's uh, given here. Alpha is 1, beta is 2, gamma 3, delta is 4, and so on. Same John word in Greek, correct? Yes. Okay. And the time of Christ, everybody was speaking Greek. Right. So these were the Greek you know, numbers. The Roman numerals came later on. So the first introduction into numbers were the Roman numerals, which is I, IV, and X, and L, and, and all these things. Before that, there were no numerals, no numbers. It's only characters. Even our Coptic language, you open any Coptic book, you find at the top these numbers. Written that way. So somebody, for example, named Adil. That's the name who wrote this book. You replace the alpha by one, the delta by four, the epsilon by five, 
you know, lambda by 30 and so on, and you end up adding numbers will be 30. So, get a name of any anyone, and you go back, write it in Greek, and go and find the equivalent number for each one. Add them up, you end up with a total for that name. The interesting part, you write the name Isos, which is Jesus, guess what the total of that number is? No. Close. Can't be one. 888. What does number 8 represent? The resurrection, the new beginning, the new life. So Christ is the new beginning, Christ is the new life, and He is the resurrection. If you go back to history, a lot of people did, like for example, when Neron was a ruler, they counted his number and they found it 666. And a lot of other people, some even people claim that, you know, you write Muhammad in Greek, Mamitius or whatever, you find it to be 666. And they, you know, they go in and write a lot of these things. As St. John the Beloved said in other, in his letters, there are going to be a lot of antichrists, a lot of people who are against God. And these can probably be precursors to what the antichrist is going to be doing, like Nero, like, you know, you know, other false people or other people who are going to persecute the church or going to cause havoc to the world. And the, all, all these examples are all going to be combined into a one person that's going to show up later on at the end of the world. Again, as an example for that, you go and read, study the prophecies in the Old Testament. Find a lot of prophecies that describes a person. This person can, you know, some of the things he he has done will stand for Christ. You add all these things up, you will find out what did Christ do. For example, Adam represents Christ as the beginning of the people. Noah as you know, saved people in the flood and the baptism and so on. You know, Abra- you know, Isaac as offered the sacrifice. Throughout history, all these people, you gather all the stuff they did, and then you get an image of what, you know, part of what Christ had done. Same thing. A lot of the people in the Old Testament will represent the Antichrist. Antiochus Epiphanes, for example, uh, when you study Daniel and so on, end up to be, if you put them together, they represent the Antichrist. So some of the people who showed up, like Neron and all these guys, can be all their activities together will happen at the end days. Okay? So, this is chapter 13. Now, we still have 20 minutes, so I'd like to go to today's reading, which is a com- very complimentary reading to what we talked about today. And... Is Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses one to seventeen. What is the problem of the Church of Thessalonians, by the way? Does anybody know? I'm not supposed to be it's supposed to be Revelation, so it's out of the curriculum, right? Musicanash. <laughs> Yes. The first letter to Thessalonians, St. Paul is talking to them about the end of the world. So they thought they sold everything and went and stayed in the church. They said, 
the word is coming right now. St. Paul wrote them another letter trying to tell them, look, this is not what, what's going to happen. The Antichrist is going to come first. There are going to be tribulations. They're going to be, they're going to be, and then they're going to be the final end, which is the rapture. God's going to come, take the saints to the clouds, and everybody's going to change. And those will go to heaven, and others will go to, to hell. So why don't we read, you know, uh, Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 17. You guys are going to explain to me this chapter. If you understood what I've been babbling for the last hour, you should be able to explain to me this chapter easily. Because this is an exact summary of what we talked about. Yes, again, it's the same, you know, again, the Bible is the same. Whether you read in the Old, you read the Old Testament or New Testament, it's the same. But it's different views of the same thing. So when you read the whole Bible, you get a complete picture. So you can't go and take one verse from one place and say, this is it. You have to take the full picture. Because, you know, again, we can't understand all God's will from one word. Yeah, God is love, but what does God's love mean? From the beginning, the creation, you know, taking care of us, the salvation, taking, you know, all the way until, you know, the glory prepared for us. You read all this from Genesis to Revelation, you can, you can begin to understand what God's love is. Same thing about the Antichrist. God told us in, in many ways, and each one explains the other one. So let's see what I've said. Does it make sense? Does it match what St. Paul said or not? Okay. All right. Who's gonna Who's gonna be brave enough to try to attempt? 
Let's start with verse 3. Let not anyone deceive you by means, for the day shall not come unless there first comes a falling away, and the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition. A falling away. Many Christians turn away from Christianity. But then what else? That word falling away is explained uh, later, later on. Okay, can, let's, let's read verses 9, 10. To explain what we're talking, or yeah. okay, let's read verse four. But this is what he's going to do. I'm, I'm, we're talking about actually the explanation of a falling away. Okay. I'm trying to you know try to understand what is a falling away because we talked about that and I, I mentioned that. So let's see what Saint Paul says and we'll rewind and see what that, what I said matches what Saint Paul says or not. All right, Robert, eight, nine, ten. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the breath of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, whose coming is according to the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceit and unrighteousness, and those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, so that they may be saved. One more, please. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, and they should believe a lie that all those who do not believe the truth but delight in unrighteousness might be condemned. Okay. So the main p- purpose of falling away is what people want. Okay. Not just the weak. Those who chose to follow something else. Those who are by their own choice are following something else. God is going to give them according to their according to their heart. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. They want this delusion. They want, they don't want God anymore. They don't want righteousness anymore. They want sin. They want evil. They're enjoying their life the way it is. With drugs, sex, everything. I'm sorry? But unfortunately, the rubbish is going to be the majority of the world at that time. So, uh, but in reality, we should be careful when we see uh, uh, some people from the church falling away. I mean, we should definitely work and try to get them in. But this is, you know, this is unfortunately an event that's going to happen. Right? Should you know struggle for every soul and try to work with everybody to bring them back to Christ and so on. But you know, the majority of the world is going to fall away. We shouldn't take a person leaving Christ easily, but at the same time, this should be part of you know what we're thinking because we, we cannot force people to believe in. Even God Himself does not want to force people to believe. Right? So this is according to their heart. The Lord gives you according to your heart. You desire God. God gives you Himself. You desire the devil. You get the devil. So this is the falling away, as verse 3 is saying, 
is basically people not you know are falling away from Christianity as you can see a lot of churches around us are getting weaker and weaker and being sold because nobody's there and at the same time the you know the whole culture and so on are falling away from God and no more is the mention of God and no more is the principles of God are applied into their lives and the man of sin shall be revealed, revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. Same thing the devil is trying to do. That's why when we, you know, in Revelation 13, the devil is going to give him all his authority, all his power and so on, because he's going to be trying to do the same thing. He's going to be trying to call himself above every God, above, above God and about everything that is worship. So that, here is the key so that he sits as God in the temple of God setting himself forth that he is God right? so he's going to call himself to be God maybe this is not very clear from chapter 13 but St. Paul makes it you know, 100% clear in this you know, chapter that he is going to call himself God and that's when we talked about the, the false prophet they're going to create a you know, statue for him and so on because this is God. You guys should worship God. Okay. I remember, you know, going to India and visiting, you know, a temple there you know, and see all these weird statues with elephants, heads, and you know, hand, hundreds of hands and so on. And people actually worshiping. It was shocking to me to see that in the tw- you know 21st century, people are still worshiping these statues. And you go to their houses, they have that, they have a worship place in their houses for these gods, and they still have them. So it's not going to be surprising that they're going to create an idol to worship that person. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was still with you? That answers the problem of the Thessalonians. And now you know what holds back for him to be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness, lawlessness is already working, only he is now holding back until it comes out of the midst. So more and more lawlessness is going to prevail. Rule of the people, rule of the majority. The, the gangs, you know, and the not just the gangs, you know. Politics right now is being set by the rules of the majority. It's not set by leadership or by whatever, you know. The blogs and all these things that are happening on the web and the masses move and gives opinion. Everybody follows that opinion. All these things are actually preparation to what what's going to be happening in the future. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the breath of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So this answers what you are asking, Mark, is that the Antichrist is going to stay until Christ himself comes. And when we talked about the two prophets, we said they're going to be killed only like 18 days before Christ's second coming and it's going to be like one week where their bodies are going to be 
you know, or three, three and a half days where the body's going to be hanging, you know, everybody to see them, and then going to be, the body's going to go up into heaven, and earthquakes, and so on, and hundreds of people are going to die, and, you know, thousands of people are going to die, and so on. And then it's going to be like ten days before the second coming of Christ. But the Antichrist is not going to end until Christ ends in himself. In the, his final, you know, in his second and final coming. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Just condensed version of the 18 days ago. Alright. When we read about the two prophets that God is going to send them, and we said most likely these Elijah and uh, Enoch, they're going to be preaching and defending God's word for, two, for three and a half years, almost the same time as the Antichrist. However, they're going to be, God, when they finish their mission, God is going to allow that the Antichrist will take them and execute them, basically. And they're going to hang their bodies, leave their body hanging in, in the city, you know, where the Antichrist is going to be ruling. For Their bodies are going to be left out, not buried for three and a half days. And then at the end of the three and a half days, God is going to call them from heaven, life is going to come back to them and they're going to ascend into heaven everybody's going to see them and then a big earthquake is going to happen and it says here 7,000 people are going to die you can go back into Revelation and we'll see that I think that's chapter 11 see how much you'll be missing Robert alright alright but again this shows who's, how is the Antichrist is going to be ending whose coming is according to the working of Satan the dragon giving the first beast his power with all power and signs and lying wonders this is very important this description that St. Paul is giving lying wonders because the devil cannot really perform true miracles when Christ for example next week we're going to talk about the you know the miracle of the man born blind god created new eyes and gave him gave them to the to the blind man the devil cannot do that but he's going to pretend to have made miracles and so on like sorcery and, and all these things and by the way we said one of the signs of the end times is sorcery right sorcery yeah sorcery yeah that's one of the signs of the end times. Oh, you don't watch Harry Potter? No. All right. Uh, the spread of the, you know, sorcery and you know all these witchcraft and so on. It's going to be widespread at the time of the during the end times. You know, Wicca and all these guys who worship and practice these things and with all the seed of unrighteousness in those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so that might be saved this is the key to the verse of who's going to perish and who's not the love of truth unfortunately the, the truth sometimes is not comfortable the truth means if I sin, the penalty, the wager of sin is death. The truth is if I live, you know, uh, ungodly life, 
I'm gonna suffer. The truth is, if I don't follow God and you know try to make myself holy, I'm not gonna go to heaven. The truth is hard, so they don't wanna hear the truth, and they shape the truth according to their own will and call it different things. Um, and for this cause, God shall send them the strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I think we talked about this. So again, all the Antichrist and all the devil is just a lie. So that all those who do not believe the truth but delight in unrighteousness, again, delight in unrighteousness. And look around you today and you know try to implement this verse. Might be condemned. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brothers, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and believe the truth. Hmm? Alright. So, this covers most of the reading about... the second coming of Christ. And if you read the Catholic epistle of you know, St. Peter, 2 Peter 3, 118, again, he talks here about the end of the world and about the destruction of the world and so on. I have no idea. Christians know understand those teachings. When the, when the time comes, it's going to be clear that this is actually you know, things are going to be clear. You think we're still very muddy. I mean, uh, again, not about the, I go the I go back and say <coughs> that we can go back and study the prophecies of Daniel, and especially Daniel. 9 and 10 when he talks about the 70 week prophecy uh, people understood very well and expected when Christ is going to be coming some people believed and some people accepted and some people did not when the Magi came to Herod Herod asked the scribes and the priest and they told him a messiah, messiah a king is going to be born in Bethlehem what did they do to Christ they crucified him did they know the truth I'm sure they did was the truth convenient no it was not why because they were living in sin they were stealing from the temple they were you know, trading they were doing they were doing they were doing all these things so it was, it was comfortable for them to believe in Christ and accept and repent. It's hard. So, is the truth known? Are we going to know it? Of course we will. Is it going to be easy to accept? If it's going to be an easier lifestyle to follow the Antichrist and to have his you know, thoughts, the way he's thinking, you know, the mark of the beast and so on, and we talked about the meaning of the mark from that particular point of view, that I have the same thoughts, you know, same lifestyle, as being promoted and everybody else in the world is following, you know. Uh, when everybody was, you know, trading the stock market, people who were not, you know, gambling in the stock market felt they, you know, they left out and not part of the world. Everybody was doing it, so 
did they know it was, you know, part of it was wrong? In the way people were doing it, yeah, it was wrong. Was it comfortable not doing it? No, was why everybody else is doing it. Take to that everything that's going us going around us. Homosexuality, you know, abortion, all these things. Do people know the truth? They can. Because God always is available and always reveals himself. Is it convenient? That's the question that remains to be answered. So why is it all happening? What do you mean? In other words, it's warnings, signs. God is trying to wake up people. He's trying to let people wake up. Listen, you know, this is, you know, disasters are going to happen. Wake up. This is what, the, the way you're, you know, you're following and the path you're following is not the right path. This will have an ear. Let him hear. If I don't have ears, spiritual ears. I don't want to hear this. As people that engage in such acts, I think they're dead. They don't have ears. They don't want to hear. It's not because they don't have the ears. They don't want to hear. They deaf themselves. There's another aspect to it also. The devil gives them what they want. And they have power from the devil. So why turn to another power when they're getting what they want? They're feeding off of all they want is power. All they want is ability to do these things. All they want is ability to make money off people doing it. They don't care for God. Just as you go up to a billionaire and tell him, hey, become a Christian. Why do I need God? I'm rich. I have money. I have family. I have money. I don't need it. I don't know. So when they're with the devil, they find them. They think they find them. And then there's another aspect of the whole the Jewish thing. All the Jewish leaders were backing God. If they had all said, you know what? He is the revealing of the prophecies. He is the right one. Maybe everyone would believe. But if all the leaders are against him, all the priests and seducers and all those uh, all the big people that they look up to are against him. Why should all the little they met we don't read the Torah anyway, all they do is listen to what the scribe and priests tell them. Just like we only listen to what Buddha says that the one hour or the half hour sermon on Sunday is a I'm not generalizing, but I think it's maybe the majority of what people are learning, they don't really read the Bible. Even if Revelations is in all of their homes, they're not gonna read it. And the church leader or a pope suddenly follows the Antichrist. They don't care what what he says. You know, he does signs and wonders. They're like, okay, look at the signs and wonders. Read a piece of paper. Uh, what am I going to believe? Sign and wonder or a piece of paper? So those are just things to think <coughs> There's a lot. There's a lot that you know. And the main thing again is sin and convenience. It's going to get more. Lawlessness is going to get more. And at sort of the peak of lawlessness, the Antichrist is going to be revealed because he's going to be the fulfillment of people's desires at that time. It's not going to be because, you know, God is sending him to, you know, to trick people. No. He's going to be revealed because this is, again, what people want. That's not part of our curriculum right now. 
Yes. That's it. And we're going to see that later on, the the thousand year that he, he's going to be, you know, chained for a thousand years, and then he's going to be let loose. And we, we're going to see that coming, you know, next. But at the same, you know, again, the main reason is God let the devil loose is that people want him. It's go back and say the devil is nothing but a mad dog. And you find, you know, you, had a, you have a dog, if you own a dog, and you find a lot of kids, you know, coming and want to play with him, you let the dog go and play with the, these, these kids, right? So if this is the mad dog, and everybody wants to come and play with the mad dog, okay, go ahead, play with him. But if I'm, if I'm the gatekeeper, and I'm the dog owner, I'm not going to unleash the dog. Why not? I'm going to keep him away. Why? Because I know he's a mad dog. Well, what if they keep coming every day looking through the gates? No, and, and sticking the hands inside. But this is this is the, God. God gives us the ultimate free will to choose Him or to reject Him. And there's a sign in God, God's house that says, "Do not touch dog, evil dog." I mean, clearly they all know the rules. Don't touch the dog; he's going to come out. But I'm still here. I'm still God. I'm still telling you not to do it anyway. God gave us the complete freedom to choose him or not. That's why he's standing on the outside of the door. The knob is, you know, he can open the knob and enter, but he does not because he's waiting for you to open. You want me in? By all means. And that's why in today's gospel he asked, do you want to be healed? He did not just walk, you know, and touch people without them wanting to be healed. There has to be a desire to be healed first before God will heal him. When he went to his you know, hometown and people did not believe in him, he, the Bible says he couldn't perform miracles there because people did not believe in him. He can't force himself on us, though he can and he will at the end. But he doesn't, this is not God's way because that's not the free will that he gave us and he instilled in us and he's not going to do it. Until at the end, he's going to give everyone according to their deeds. Okay. Any, anything else? Any, any more questions? Huh? Yes and no. Sounds dangerous, yes and no. Because, again, as St. Paul says, again in the Second Thessalonians, if we seek the truth... It's not, going to be pro- it's not going to be a problem. If we don't seek the truth, and to us the truth is something, something you know, eh, today it can be this, tomorrow it can be that, let me check what is popular you know, around me today and believe in this or not, then it's going to be difficult. The more we are into the light, the easier these things become. The more we are in the darkness, the more difficult it is to find the true way. Okay, thanks for participation. This is, we always need discussions like this.